St. Mark chapter number 10. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 17. Verse number 17. Uh, it's interesting to know uh, when we look at the scripture how the Lord will reveal some things and that sometimes we pass over them. But God wants us to know. And, and, and the, the title for that we ha God has given us for today, for you to carry away, is going, we're going to be talking about that one thing. We're going to be talking about that one thing. And you'll understand why God gives, gives us, has given us that title about one thing. Amen. Now, St. Mark chapter number 10, beginning at verse number 17. It says, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Everybody wants to know what they need to do to be a, to, to enter into eternal life, but Everybody don't like to pay the consequences that God requires for us to have eternal life. Now, now when we look at this text, don't, don't put, look at the, the person that this Bible is speaking of, but we want to put ourselves there. Amen? Because this word is a personal word. And it's a word that's designed for every individual to examine themselves. Not the person sitting beside you. Not somebody sitting across the way from you. Not somebody that's not present or not hearing. But this word is designed for us today to see about what is that one thing that one thing that keeps us separated from God and not give him our fullest. Amen. That one thing. That one thing. You see, here in this particular text, he wanted to know, he knew about eternal life. He, he, he knew that there was something else beyond the life that he was living. So he asked, but you know, I love how Christ does things. Now, in verse number 18, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Now remember, Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Now, that's not what this, this person that came, which in, in one text, it talk, in Matthew, it talks about this rich young ruler. That's not his question. His question was, what must I do to inherit uh, eternal life? But what Christ does, he deals with the fact that he's calling him good master. God never gets right to the point where we ask him a question, but he brings something else. Amen. So he, he puts us on a wonder. He begins to make us think. So what Jesus says to him, he says, you don't call me good because there's no one good but the Father. Because he's operating in that flesh, man. Because, see, at this time, Jesus Christ was both, uh, both divine and human. Amen? Now, let's look at verse number 19, what Jesus does. What he does. He, he begins to speak these particular commandments. He says, verse number 19, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness, defraud not, and honor thy father and thy, mo and thy mother. And I said, like, wait a minute, God. Why did you jump? Why did you skip the first four commandments and you jump to the, to the, to the seventh? 
Really, it was the 5th through the 10th. I said, God, why did you do that? Now, first of all, let's go to Exodus. And we're going to look at Exodus chapter number 20. And we're going to look at these other commandments that for some reason Christ evades. Amen? Because, see, there's the, the first four commandments has our, deals with our relationship with God. The, the remainder deals with our relationship with one another. I said, okay, God, what are you saying? He said, my people got relationship problems. My people have relationship problems. And we will prove that through the text. Now, let's go to Exodus chapter number 20. And we're going to look at those first four commandments uh, that, that was written. Amen? Now, chapter number 20 in the book of Exodus. And we're going to begin reading. At, we're going to begin reading at verse number 2. Verse 2 says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage, out of the house of bondage. Look at verse number three, first commandment. Thou shalt love no other God, thou shalt, not, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, the first one, it talks about loyalty to God. So that must mean that sometimes we can say we got loyalty to God, but... That doesn't necessarily mean that we got a good relationship with one another. You see, God didn't deal with the first one. Christ didn't deal with the first ones. He deals with the last ones. So it has to do with relationship. So now loyalty. He, he begins to talk about loyalty in, in, in the first commandment. Now, in verse number four, it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. And verse 5 says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, this, this, this particular uh, uh, commandment, it talks about worship. So apparently, he didn't have a problem in worshiping. But he had a problem with dealing with his sister and brother. He had a problem dealing in relationship. So he, he, he I mean, because, and I'm like, God, why did, why did, why did Jesus just elude them? The loyalty. Why didn't he talk about that? We need to be loyal to, to you, God. And, and, and why is it that he, he, he didn't begin to talk about the worship, how we should worship him? God had a reason for every last one of us, the way, the way Christ set it up. Now, this verse number six talks about, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And he says, verse number seven, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Here he talks about reverence. Why didn't he deal with the, the, the God that came to him about reverence? Why didn't he deal with that? Reverence is nothing but respect for God. So, but he didn't deal with him on those issues. He didn't deal with that. Now, in verse number 8, he talks about, uh, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That means sanctification. Sanctification. Why didn't he deal with him about that? But he jumps all the way, not to the next one now, the number five. He jumps to number seven. Let's go, let's go back to St. Mark, chapter number 10. Let's, get, let's go back. He jumps to the seventh commandment. 
And I found that weird. Now, he says, thou knoweth the commandments. Do not commit adultery. That's commandment number seven. Do not kill is number six. Do not steal is number eight. Do not bear false witness is number nine. Defraud not is number ten. Then honor thy father and mother is number five. But Christ didn't go that route. I'm like, God, what are you really saying here? He says he deals with uh, the seventh one because of the fact it deals with the purity and the marriage covenant. It deals with the purity and the marriage covenant. And I'm like, God, what, what are you saying here? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. And, and thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. And I got to slow myself down. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 is where we're going to go. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. And we're going to look at verse number 18. Because, see... That, 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 that seventh commandment is a sexual sin. It's a sexual sin. There's many ways to commit adultery, but this is a sexual sin. And, and look at verse number 18 in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, and, and this is where enlightenment will come in. Verse number 18 says, flee what? Fortification, sex sin. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against what? His own body. His, and one translation said his own soul. So in other words, God says, listen, it's the sex sin, the reason why God dealt with that, Christ dealt with that one at first, that, that adultery, that seventh commandment, he said because he has given mankind procreative power. So what happens is this. We have to be very careful what we do in our fallen state because we procreate. Do y'all know what procreate means? That means you're making some babies. Amen? And I don't mean in the natural. I mean in the spiritual too. So in our fallen state, we have to be very careful what we do. Adam and Eve is, 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 a, is a prime candidate. Because what happened, they, was, they were pure in the beginning, but in their fallen state, they began to they procreate And here comes a cane. Uh, somebody that kills their, their, their brother. And then lies. So God said, in our fallen state, we got to be careful. See, that sex sin is very strong. We are procreators. We are supposed to be uh, makers of the likeness of Jesus Christ. That's why you can't have an Adam and an Adam. That's why you can't have a Sue and a Sue or a Sue and a Jane. Hello. And that's why Christians need to stand up because what's happening, two men cannot procreate. They can't make no babies. Two women can't make no babies. And the devil is a stake in life. We as Christians need to stand up and speak out against what's going on in the world. You think about that. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. It's getting scary. It's getting scary. You know why? When the Supreme Court is ready to vote to change the marriage thing between a man and a woman and say it's okay for two men to get married, two women to get, to get married, and put it into law, you, we need to wake up. The body of Christ needs to wake up. We're talking about the Supreme Court ruling on what marriage is supposed to be. No! That's not what God's Word says. He says homosexuality is an abomination. 
You can't, we, can't, we, can't, we can't go along with that. I love you, but I can't go along with it because it's against God's word. I love you enough to tell you the truth if you're operating in that. Because I don't tell you the truth, that means the blood will be on my hands. And then you know what else? If you don't tell them the truth, then the blood is on your hands too. Why? Because it is written in the book. Somebody said, oh, that's Old Testament. You go to Romans chapter 1. Romans, New Testament. It talks about it too. Wake up, people. Wake up. Wake up. It's a sex sin. Procreating. We got to move from the Holy Spirit. Help me. Oh, Lord Jesus, I ain't supposed to be all that. Okay, now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Then he talks about do not kill. That says human life is valuable. He deals with the value of human life. Who's, and, and we're going to go to 1 John 3 and 15. Because see, most of us think, okay, I ain't killed nobody. Hadn't murdered nobody. But what, what, let's see what God says. Let me see can I find 1 John. I'm up here. Y'all know I need to do a dieting because I'm up here breathing real hard. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But I'm going to get through it because the Holy Ghost going to help me. Amen. 1 John chapter number 3. Because we, we want to see this. Amen. Verse number 15. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 15. Are we there? Amen. Are we there? Now remember now, there's more than one way to kill your brother. There's more than one way. We said we hadn't slain nobody, we hadn't shed no blood. But let's see what God's words say, okay? 1 John chapter number 3, verse number 15 says this. Are we all there? Because I want to make sure we all see it. Whosoever, what's that next word? Hateth his brother is a what? So that means you ain't got to take a gun to shoot nobody. If you hate your brother, according to God's word, God says you're a murderer. That's strong now. That's strong. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Ye know not that no murderer hath eternal life. Where? abiding in him. If you hating your brother, you you messing up your, your, your eternal life. You can't hate your brother and go to heaven. There's no way. Can't do that. Can't do that. Because Jesus said you're a murderer. You're just, we are just as guilty as somebody getting a gun and shooting somebody when we hating our brother. According to God's word. That's why we like to show you in the book. Because when we show you in the book, you can't argue against God. Amen. You can't argue. This is your road map. We're going to get to him. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, the next, the next one he deals with is uh, do not steal, which is verse commandment number eight. Do not steal. Now, there's many way, ways of stealing. There's a physical and then there's a spiritual. Let's look at Exodus. I think that's where I want to go. Exodus chapter number 22. That's where I want to go. Exodus chapter number 22. Mm. Yeah. And we're going to look at verse number seven. I love this verse. I love it. <laughs> Exodus chapter number 22. And we're going to look at verse number seven. Are we there? Seven. Seven. Exodus Chapter 22, verse number 7. 
It says, if a man shall deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it be stolen out of the man's house, if the thief be found, let him pay what? So, you know, when Satan tried to rob us, I don't mind him robbing because I'm going to get back double. According to God's word, I'm going to get double. And most times we get double, sometimes triple, quadruple. But if, if the, and then there's a section there in there that says seven times, if the thief be found. So go ahead and find your thief because when we get robbed, you know that God, Satan got to pay. He has to pay with interest. But look at the, the spiritual part of it. Let's go to Proverbs. Chapter 9. We're talking about, it said money and stuff right there, right? It said money and stuff. Now, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter number 9. And we're going to deal with theft in a different way. Hmm. Proverbs chapter number 9. And we're going to look at verse number 17. God bless you. Verse number 17. Proverbs chapter number Nine, verse number 17. Now we're there. It says, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead ooh, are there. That's strong. And that her guests are in the depths of hell. I said, God, what are you saying there? He's in the spiritual realm. I said, God, what are you saying there? He said them, them secret sins, them, them private sins that we have. You know what you're talking about? Stolen water. Stolen water. It says sweet. But if you look at that verse on that, it talks about how, it, 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 it talks about hell. See, when we have secret sins, regardless of what it is, there is somebody that still knows that what we're doing. Amen? There's an eye, an unseen eye that's still looking. Amen. He's talking about those private sins, what nobody don't see but you. You know, those, those secret sins that we carry out and we think we're getting away. No, no, no. See, God said, I got that too. He said, that that's a violation. That is a violation in the realm of the spirit because it brings deficiency. Stolen water. Boy, in the death. And sometimes we think we're getting away. No, 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 no. No, no. I mean, he's laying all this out to this young ruler. I'm going to God, help me to understand what you really saying because we're going to analyze it a little bit more. Amen. Then he goes on, he talks about do not bear false witness. In other words, don't lie on your brother. Don't tell lies. False witness. You know, I, I think it may have been, it may have been Elder Earl or it could have been Pastor uh, uh that, that gave this, this next scripture. You don't have to turn there. But it's Colossians 3 and 9. And it says, lie not one to another. If you want to see it, just go ahead and go there. It says, lie not one to another. Because you put off the old man. See, see the motive is to, is to, is to cover up. See, you can't, you can't tell one lie to cover up another lie. You can't do that because eventually the truth going to come out. Now, when we're talking about one thing that is lacking now, we're talking about that one thing now. So, so, so we've got to be very careful when we begin to lie. Because, like I said, eventually it's going to show up. 
it will show up and then we'll look like okay God well help me out of this no you got yourself into that by telling lies can't do that can't, can't do that can't. God's in the scheming and all that in the back that, that ought not to be so that ought, that ought not to be so. Ought not to be so. That, that bearing that false witness, telling, telling lies, coming against our brothers and sisters. And then he says, defraud not. Defraud not. Defraud is the same thing he's talking about. Don't covet. Don't, don't desire what somebody else has. Don't take what belongs to another. Don't, don't defraud. Don't defraud. Then he gets down to honor thy father and thy mother. Which is the fifth commandment. Uh, it's unusual how Christ maneuvers. I mean, he manipulates and he begins to speak all these things to that young ruler. It, it, it's just amazing how he does this. Now, in verse number 20, it says, um, now let's go to 1 John. Did I, did I say 1 John? 1 John 4 and 20. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. Did we go there already? 1 John. First John four and twenty. First John four and twenty. Are we there? Amen. Okay. First John four and verse number twenty. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here we go. Are we all there? Okay. Verse number twenty says, If a man say, I love God, and do what? Hated his brother. He is a what? Anybody been hating on anybody lately? Don't, don't, don't say nothing. Don't, don't, don't say nothing. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, the word of God says he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? In other words, God said, you telling me you love me, but you got an issue with your brother. He said, not so. He said, that means you don't love me. He said, you can't love me and have an issue with your brother. Can't do it. He said, that, that can't be. According his, to his word, amen. I know it's feel awfully tight up in here. Amen. But God is good. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit, he's designed to, to, to go down and uproot some stuff that's on the inside of us. You know, a lot of times we bury stuff. You know, we, we got some Hatfields and McCoys from way back. Amen. We, we got it. We got it. We got it. And, and then we think we're on our way to heaven with a shot of victory. Whose victory? Uh-uh. 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 No, no, no. Okay. All right, back to Mark 10, back to Mark 10. The Bible says, and he answered, verse number 20, Mark 10, verse 20, because see, Jesus is laying stuff out. Verse 20, and he answered, and he said unto him, now this is the, this, this is, this is the, the one that come running up. Matthew calls him a rich and ruler. Now, so does Luke, okay? Now, verse 20 says, and he answered, and he said unto him, Master, all these have I, what's that next word? Observed from my youth. I said, okay, God. Now, one gospel say, he says he kept them from his youth. But here it says, Mark said, he says he observed. You know what observe means? To watch. That don't mean he's doing it. It means to watch. See, we can be, we can be saying we're in with God 
and, and then uh, not truly being with God. We, we're watchers. Watchers. Not doers, but watchers. Watchers. But, but, but he said, I don't know. You know, it's amazing how we like to come and say with somebody that already knows us. Jesus Christ knows all about us. Christ knew about this. He knew the man. But he wanted to compensate and say, you know, well, our Holy Spirit don't make me do that. You know how it is sometimes when you ask somebody a question, they, 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 they come up with a lie. And you know they lie. Jesus knew him. Just like Jesus knows all of us. He knew him. He knew him. Now, verse 21 says, watch, watch, watch the finesse of Jesus Christ. <laughs> the power and wisdom of God. It says, then Jesus, beholding him, did what? He loved him. God know, God know when we ain't together. But he still loves us. That's amazing. Then, it says, then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him. Here we go. What is it? One thing. One thing. Not a whole lot now. One thing thou lacketh. Meaning he had a deficiency in one thing. One thing. One thing thou lacketh. Watch what he says. Go thy way. Because see, he knew what he was going to do. He said, go thy way. He didn't say go Jesus' way. He said, you go your way. Go thy way. Because he knew exactly what he was going to do. Then he tells him, see, this is when we, when we find ourselves so attached to the things of the world, we have a problem giving them up. He says, sell whatsoever thou hast. Give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and do what? Follow me. You see, Christ will hit us right where it hurts. Because he knows that there's one, think about it. Every individual, think about your own life. Think about that one thing that we're still holding on to that keeps us from totally surrendering to God. There's one thing, not a lot, one thing. One thing. One thing. Everybody know what that one thing is. One thing. One thing. One thing. One thing. It's, that one thing is what your flesh loves to do. The most. That one thing. That one thing. Think about it now. What is your one thing? What is, your one, what is that one thing that God, the Holy Spirit says, God says, ask the people, what is that one thing that we are holding on to that does not allow us to come and follow him the way he wants us to follow him? What is it that we're holding on to in the world that's more important than eternal life? What is it? What is that one thing? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it pornography? Is it some kind of sex sin? Is it lying, cheating? Is it your career? What is that one thing? Is it alcohol? Think about it. What is that one thing that we do not totally surrender to God? Somebody said, well, that's that man right there. Watch, watch, watch. Because we got stuff too. He was just an example for us. He was just an example. He's just an example. Now let's look at this. Verse 22 says, after Christ gives him instructions. You know how it is when God tells us, give us another chance, and he tells us what we need to do. And we, we decide, no, 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 we, we got to have that one thing. It could be a job. Anything that we put before God could be your money. 
anything that you put before God. Verse 22 says, And he was what? Sad at that saying. And he went away what? Grieved, for he had great possessions. Somebody said, well, I don't want no money. We're going to deal with that too. We're going to deal with that too. He went, away, he went away sad because he had great possessions. So what he had, what he had attained, it meant more to him than spending eternal life and his journey with God. So we're going to ask our own self that question. What is that one thing that will not allow us to totally devote our lives to Christ? What is that one thing we're holding on to? What is that one thing? Think about it. What is that one thing that we're struggling with in our flesh? Because everything it is deals with the flesh. Everything, that, that one thing deals with our flesh that we're holding on to that we want to satisfy the flesh. One thing that keeps us from being connected with the Father so he can bless us the way he wants to bless us. Hmm. He had great possessions. He went away grieved. Huh. Verse 23 says, And Jesus looked around about, and he said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? It didn't say if they had riches, they couldn't enter. That's not what Christ said. He says, How hardly shall they that have you see, riches can become a snare if you don't know how to use it. If you allow it to become your God, whatever your possession may be, when you allow it to become your God, it separates us from the Lord. It separates us. It separates us. Now Jesus has to deal with his disciples, these other learners, because he's trying to teach them a lesson. Now, let's look at verse number 25. Same, same, same chapter, same book. Verse 25 says, It is easier, Christ is talking, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because he trusts in his riches. Now, the word of God says, He gives us wealth. But he adds no sorrow. He gives us riches, but he adds, that he adds no sorrow. See, when God gives us something, no sorrow comes with that. But when we try to do it on our own and make it on our own, that's when the problem comes. When we put God somewhere else, rather than allow him to lead us and guide us and do the things that we're supposed to do, or what he has given us, then when we, when we get caught up in it, you know how it is sometimes you can be riding, come to church on Sunday morning, you see somebody that cutting, cutting the grass, cutting the lawn, uh, or wash, better yet, me and folk washing the car. That's, 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 that's that one of them one things. That, that's that one thing. When that materialistic thing, or the bed, oh my God, the bed, the bed, it becomes more important than coming to fellowship with the people of God to hear the word of God. I'm tired. Do you not think Jesus Christ was tired when he went up, uh, uh, up to Golgotha? Do you not think he was tired too? Do you not think he was weighted down with our sins and our burdens? Can you imagine what he went through when they beat him and when they whipped him with all the lashes on his back? But did he say one time, I'm tired, I'm going to give up? What did he say? Not my will. 
but thy will be done. See, we, that's why the, the, we need to analyze our, our, our agendas and our motives. What's most important? What God says for our life or what we want? And you know what? What we want comes with some wages. The Bible says sin comes with wages. Wages. You get paid for it. But it's the kind of payment that you want. But what is that one thing, that one thing that we're still holding on to? One thing. Jesus says, it's hard for this man. But what about our little thing that we got, we're holding on to? It, it's, it's the same thing now. It's the same thing. And it's, it'll be more difficult for us to get through. Huh, that I, you know, let's, let's talk about this rich man. It be say, it's the same principle. It's the same thing. What, what is it? What is it that we're so attached to that we can't let it go? What is it that we're so attached to? Think about it. What is it? Think about it. Now, Jesus let them know, you know, how to enter in. Do you know we can't enter in with whatever that thing we're attached to? We can't enter into the kingdom. Can't enter, can't enter into eternal life. Can't enter into it. You got to let that thing go. That one thing that keeps us separated from God. Now, watch what happens when we release that one thing. Amen. Uh, now that we know about that one thing that we're still holding on to, watch what happens when we release that one thing and surrender our lives totally to God. Totally. Now, let's look at verse number 28. Verse number 28, same chapter. Mark chapter number 10, verse number 28. 28 says, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or land, for my sake and the gospels. And what's the next thing right there? No, no, no. What is the next thing behind the word gospel? Let me see. Behind the word gospels. Behind the S. What's that? What's that? So that means that's a continuation, right? We stop as if it had, that's a period. That's not a period. A period means that's the end of the, whatever is being said. The comma means there is a continuation. In other words, you take it in, rest a minute, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. See, we stop right there and say, oh, nobody left all this. And nobody. Well, wait a minute. If you surrender, there's a payment coming to you. According to God's word. That's why I said, look at the next thing. It's a comma, a continuation. What does my father say? He says, but. But means that's a cancellation of everything else before it. But. But he shall receive what? Now, how many want to let that one thing go in order to get a hundredfold? Oh, I don't see but one hand. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Think about that now. 
he, he, he was letting the rich young ruler know what he had and what he was holding on to, just like us. We're holding on to that one thing, thinking if we surrender, we're going to lose it all. No, that's not the end of the story. God wants us to give it all up to be able to receive it all. Look at the commandment. We, Jesus, help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, help us, Lord. He said, but he shall receive a hundredfold. Now when? What time is it? This time. A hundredfold, right now. You know, you still want to hold on to that one thing and get them kibbles and bits? Or do you want the hundredfold right now? In this time, right? But you got to let something go. You can't hold on to that and think you're going to get the hundredfold. No, it don't work like that. It does not work like that. You got to let that one thing go. Don't care what it is. No matter what that one thing is. If you let it go, I guarantee you, God will do what he said in his word. If you let it go. Holding that one thing. That one thing taking you straight to hell. And the one for a hundredfold back here, somebody else getting it. Because they were willing to surrender. Think about that. A hundredfold if we let go. And right now, now, in this time, whoa, watch what he say. What houses? Now, he didn't say no house. He said houses with an S. Houses. And brother, them folks that walked away from you. And sister, God said, I'm going to replenish all that. You don't need them. If How can two walk together except they agree? If you're not walking together in agreement, no, that's not your brother nor your sister. No, they're not doing the will of the Father. Jesus. Plus, I'll give you brethren. I'll give you sisters. Look at all these S's. See, brethren, it's a plural. Sisters with the S. Mothers. And children. Lands with the S. Oh, well, look at the next thing. The thing that we don't want. What's that next word? What's that next word? It says with what? Okay now. A hundredfold. Everything you want. We, we shot it on the other. We shot it on the other. Now we might as well shot it on the other part too. The persecution is going to come. But you know what I love about the word? It's a woe unto the one that brings that offense. He said offenses will come. In other words, so you're going to be done wrong. But I'm telling you, the person that brings you that wrong is going to be worse on them. According to God's word. He said, woe unto them that brings them offense. Jesus. With persecution. Then he says, and in this world, it's going to happen in this world. But he said, in this world to come eternal life. In other words, you're going to get a hundredfold here. And then you plus, you're going to get eternal life if you let that one thing go. One thing. One thing. One thing. One thing. So what is your one thing? What is your one thing today that's holding you back from surrendering? What is that one thing? What is that one thing? What is that one thing? Well, somebody said, well, what I'm holding on to ain't sin. Well, let me tell you something. If it's keeping us separated from God and putting God on the back burner rather than where he's supposed to be on the throne of